You are listening to Outside Radio. Welcome back to Ugly Girls Club. We took a young break last week where a couple of us didn't post any episodes. I think everyone was going through end of the year fatigue, but we're back. We're here with more thought-provoking conversations. I would like to thank Opambili for sharing her story with us about her grooming situation in a university environment. If you haven't checked out that episode, please do. It's so important because we discussed grooming from a young age where young men come approach young women saying that they're older than they are, you know, a whole slippery slope of manipulation and this can also happen in your adulthood. So please do check it out on Outside Radio. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, IONFM. And I recently just found out that we are on Google Podcasts as well. So we're everywhere. So do check it out. You can also follow us on Instagram at OutsideRadio underscore. And don't forget, we also have other podcasters on Outside Radio. We have Leletu, who discusses everything that has to do with queer culture, queerness, queerness across the world, Africa, Asia, America, you name it, he's on it. We have Supreme, who discusses the art scene in Cape Town, Johannesburg, anywhere really. Last time he spoke to Hannah, Hannah van Donder, about her play, which was really amazing. And I hope people had a chance to check that out at State Theatre YouTube page. It was for free. I'm not sure if it's still up yet, but maybe just to check it out, go to the State Theatre youtube page and maybe it's still up and you can watch the play it's called medzi it was a really awesome play so do check it out if you have time and we have our new contributor Ualia. hey alia girl thank you so much for joining us at outside radio your conversation with ivy and sino was so amazing about intersectionality and how it affects women women who have been previously disadvantaged in different spaces. So thank you so much for that conversation. So this week, right, this week, I wanted us to take a moment to think outside of our city lives, you know, um, things like podcasts and um, media or information of this source is consumed by certain people in certain areas and i thought maybe this week you know as the country is opening up and the year is ending you know we i wanted us to think about spaces where necessarily this podcast doesn't reach you know spaces where things like access um are a problem you know um things where we take for granted aren't easily available in specific areas. You know, I wanted us to take a moment to think about young girls in spaces where 
every day is like you you've reached a milestone type of energy you know and i wanted to speak from a space of as i always say this is a a, a safe space it's a space of learning it's a space of for all of us to be aware of each other of different women across the world across South Africa across Africa so i thought it would be really important for us to to just tap into that uh into that space and discuss it and many of us black women black people we we live a life of you know in the city and we also have like township life and we have rural life right so we we all have some sort of awareness of what's happening outside of the city outside of township life and in areas where there's less development if i could put it like that and to discuss this with me this week i have the amazing sigelela quinana she or should you actually know let's let's do it how we usually do it on articles hey sigi how are you <laughs> hey lex thank you for having me on your podcast miss parker lady yes girl yes <laughs> I was going to introduce okay. you but I thought you know no um mm-hmm. I usually ask people to introduce themselves because as women we always being told like no one really cares about you so mm-hmm. we, I I think it's important that my guests because every guest is an amazing black woman should introduce themselves who they are yes what makes you tick girl who is Osiki Thanks Nick um so my name is Siki um Next, introduce me as Sikile, and you guys can call me Sikile. I am currently a UCT student at the moment, but I'm in transit because next year, I think I'll be doing the great move to Um After a long six years of me being in Cape Town, I think it's finally time for me to actually expand and to focus on other parts of myself other than the academic life. So yeah, I'll be um in Coburg next year and we're really looking forward to the move. Um and thank you again Nick for having me on your podcast on Ugly Girls Club. Um I think this is you said episode 13. Yes, episode 13. Yes, episode 13. So thank you for for having me on your podcast and also thank you for this conversation because you are right, you know. as being on the space on this platform other people really in you know I wouldn't say remote areas but other areas where privilege isn't as um close to proximity as it is to us so we do need to be having these conversations even though it might not fall on the ears of the people who actually are experiencing these issues but it is important that we make people aware of what are the issues some of um the rural parts of our of our country so thank you very much for having me on the show I'm very humble um and I will try to also speak in my personal capacity and speak from the work that I've done the observations and not try to own any identities or any struggles because I am um I do understand my us um I'm a 
middle, uh, I mean, you know, like a middle kind of economy person. Um, so I'm not going to try and own any past um, struggles that I don't identify with. But because of some of the work that I have done, in activism, my involvement in Amakawagazi and other um, NPOs, I will, I guess, speak on what I have experienced and what I have seen and where I have helped and actually um, done, the gr- done the groundwork there. Yes, no, I think that's important to reiterate yeah. as well that yeah. we, we yeah. are claiming um, people's yeah. struggles. It's just yeah. a, a conversation yeah. that we need to have, mm-hmm. you know, it's Corona hit people. I mean, pe- for us, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, superbulous, no more shoe sizes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> we were going through the most. But if you think about people in specific areas, like that's been their whole life, like not having yeah. services, not having access. I'm, I was going to say even stuff with like food parcels, like yes. th- like that's a real that, that people have been struggling with since even COVID, Corona pandemic. But now because of obviously the pandemic, people were, I guess, government tenders were going out to people who were making food parcels and it just became this thing where about they get delivered food parcels you know exploiting the poor exploiting mm. you know hunger issues but you know what hunger issues have been there since the pandemic but it's just really highlighted i think this pandemic is really highlighted exactly. and the corruption in 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 our governmental departments um municipality councils you know so it's it's been sad but it's kind of like ripping the band-aid off the wound and saying you know what guys these are the issues that we have as a country can we please actually address them Mm, exactly and especially i'm I'm highlighting this christmas time because christmas time Mm -hmm. um for many of us is supposed to be like this joyful um celebration mm. you know families coming together um for maybe a lot of people like half of their salaries were cut or, or something you know mm. some people still no salaries not even worse like they couldn't even get like peace jobs you know what i'm saying so we'll get into these things you know we'll 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 discuss some of um the tom- turmoils that young girls go through specifically um my my biggest issue is always the girl child you know the girl child is so important in Mm. the development and growth of a community just to you know your background i mean i've met your mom amazing woman thanks thanks what what are some of the things she instilled in you guys because i know also Mm. your sisters are heavily involved in the community um mm. what are some of the st- things she instilled in you guys growing up mm. um about giving back um and also just yeah. being consciously socially aware of mm. other people around you and what they are going through thank you Nick. so let me start off by saying i'm very grateful for the type of mother that i have she is I, would, I wouldn't say she is the traditional mother, 
but she has allowed us to be ourselves. She hasn't lived her life through us. She's allowed us to form an identity outside of who she thinks we are, but she's slowly, you know, guided us, but still given us the liberty to form our own identities. So my mom is a nurse. Um, and, you know, the what makes my mom, I think, the person that she is today, even though it's a bit of a sad story, um, her parents got divorced when she was about 10. Um, and basically the household was headed by a woman. And and five. So I think even from my grandmother, she's always been like, but where's your sobola? But she needs a phone and I couldn't regardless of whether she went that way or not. So I think the fact that my mom also comes from a household where there was a strong woman, she worked, she was a nurse. And at some point, I think maybe early 2002, for Always Ultra. Um, I don't know if you guys know Always Ultra, the sanitary pad um, company. So she mm-hmm. would go to um, disadvantaged communities around Eastern Cape. And she was teaching young girls about the changes um, in their body, about puberty, how to put on tampons, what a pad is, what the cycle is, um, in those wine grease and all of that stuff. So my mom has been very also pro pro femme but pro sexuality in terms of Nazi is into that you're going to go through because you're becoming a woman now. So stuff like sex and um, puberty and menstruation, those are all the things that I grew up knowing and sex for me as well has never been something that is a topic of, of shame or I'm hiding it. My sexuality as well. So I think because my mom had that encounter with young girls and my born in Sokolo in these British communities, she's always just told us, there is so much to be done. And that's not what you know, in our privileged spaces was because now we have the struggle of Sokola, maybe mama. And as a girl child, you become so vulnerable to so many social ills, stuff like grooming, you know, rape in the church. Uh, raping families so there's just so much that happens as a girl child that's vulnerable especially during puberty. so I think our involvement in terms of um, helping the girl child empowering the girl child um, our involvement in the community with Amat Kawagazi especially um, my sister because she's one of the founding members of Amat Kawagazi NPO they are an NPO based in East London and they have their pillars, I think, are um, a food drive. So they focus on nourishment, they focus on education, um, and they fo- focus also on sanitary pads. So their main focus actually is sanitary pads. And because my mom used to work at Always Ultra, they had that little bit of a startup because they were able to get pads from Always Ultra and to then distribute them in the most rural rural parts of the Eastern Cape that people still have not seen where there are no toilets. Where when you're on your period, so I don't know um, if you guys know this, but back in the day, you as a girl child, when you're on your period, Mexico, Supoma, don't go to school. Put some leaves and you would sit there um, for seven days for all, however long your menstrual cycle was. 
and you would sit on the sand and on the leaves because there was no being a copet people didn't know what that was and then as Kesha moved on people jumped on to towels i remember my mom used to say they would use towels and then i think in the 80s like newspapers but still there was no you know like a dignified way of when you're on your period kala o and people not know that because there were no sanitary towels so i think our involvement has just also been ensuring that the girl child does not have too many mistakes at school because as we know um in the rural parts of our countries girl children do miss a lot of school days because of menstruation people don't have imali to buy pads so people end up not going to school challenging until your menstrual cycle is over and that for us was the most heartbreaking and i think that for us was what guided um our involvement in the community especially with the girl child mm so when we spoke about amakhwegazi you spoke about um some of the initiatives the main initiatives that um you guys are involved in including yourself during this time that you were with amakhwegazi and prior and i'm sure i mean and you're still doing work now um what are some of like the two or three like main issues to think young women face in the eastern cape um, i'm not sure if i specified you talking about like the eastern cape without um limiting the scope of my answer i also um I'm very passionate about student activism. Um I was involved in SRC um at UCT where I was the academic chair. So education is also quite close to my heart. So whenever I come back to Eastern Cape, I always do like I don't know if people know what winter school is and those summer schools where like Abandwana Holidays go up uh they still at school and they get tutors to come and help them. So I I've worked with a couple of um schools in Tanzania mainly Sansi where and I've also worked with the school at Queenstown um Epinyani so I I want to to give an answer from that perspective of going into the rural community as Umtu who who's been a tutor as well as working with you know Amakawa guys but what I've seen uh, as a as a peer tutor when I go to you know as is called Sokolai is that sanitation is It, it, for me it's so concerning but let, let me discuss them so i would say sanitation um so the state of um, the toilets some of these schools don't even have toilets it's wrong books and you know how dangerous that is i don't know if you've heard in the eastern cape of young children who fall into the long cup toilets because yes. it is not like a toilet and there was even a scandal last year in december where there was i think 23 million that was blown on um these entrepreneurs they were meant to go to toilets about the LAD right and when they were paid out this 2.3 but when the inspectors went there it toilets that didn't get gala so the materials of the toilets were were on the ground they were never built yeah. and you then still get to hear stories of children who fall into long drops because of course toilets that have been built you hear of textbooks is lacheka it textbooks everything that is feature at schools um you hear of teachers as well who you know sometimes they don't have at school and 
or if they can climb in your history class, I'm making an example. The history class, you haven't seen them since last week, Friday, or better new Friday, and that time you're in matric. Classrooms are falling apart. But by class, can be entering with 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 mud, and mm. you know you'll be it's raining. I remember in particular Ikumlani, Queenstown. Um, there's a small town called Adodra, so there's a high school there called Ikumlani, and you would find that Bucknet because this is June. Yeah, yeah, winter school said was June, and I couldn't really teach properly because Bokuvuza, like people's. Um, like the, the students' books were wet because the ceiling had like cracks. The door wouldn't close properly. And obviously, I'm standing up, I'm, I'm teaching, I can't bring in Google. So, it, there's just so many issues that are faced by um, students, in particular high school students in the Eastern Cape, because Imani, Yakiwa, and the money that is allocated, you know, to, to, to um, high schools, it just never gets to to the students. Mm, it never gets there. And then just to go back yeah. to sanitation um, mm. and young girls. So, I mean, for me, when I think about, because I mean, I've seen those long drops. Sometimes they don't even use them. They go to like the nearby bush or yeah. something <laughs> to go, yeah. you know. So, I mean, when we speak about dignity, you know, like, mm. what 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 does that mean for, mm. like, these young girls, you know? And you know what, it, it, it's really humiliating. I can, I, I can even say for myself when, I, when I'm on my menstrual cycle. So as a female, as a young child who is still growing into your body, you're still growing into your confidence, and you have to go to school and you don't even have a pad and... That time, you know, your personal hygiene also affects your dignity because, you know, like high school kids or, or just um, students in general are so mean sometimes. And, you know, like, I'm laugh. It'd be like, oh, my God, it's not bad. And mm. you know what? The boys will laugh, but they don't actually know why Uzbanban smiles that way. And it's because Uzbanban is actually on a menstrual cycle and they don't have the proper sanitation or sanitary towels to make sure that you know what I, I can be here at school and and be dignified and not have boys laughing at me or girls laughing at me saying I, I don't smell right I need to go to the bathroom I don't even have a place to go and throw um, my sanitary towel and it's all those things that you know they shape you as you grow up because that's that's bullying essentially and they are bullying you over something that you cannot even control because you're a female. It, it, it's part of nature to take its course at the menstrual cycle. And now you're being, I guess, bullied or, or put down over something that you cannot change and over something that's also your dignity because to be a woman it is who you are. It, it's your dignity. You're going to be a mother one day. And and those are the things that just, you know, that they, they really crippled um, the girl child's self-esteem as she evolves into into the woman that she's going to be, because she's going to remember oh, that you know so all of those things they do in front of your dignity mm, and i mean i could just yeah. even imagine like would you want to go back to school now when you are on your period because of like course said, not like 
so I might as well stay, you know? And you know what? I remember, even though I went to a private school, I remember, I think this is grade five, there was um, a young lady in my class at the start of the period, but I think she was embarrassed herself to ask for a pad because this was camp, which is grade five. And most people hadn't even started their period. So I think she actually, I think what I want to people, I'm not sure, but uh, only at the end did I notice that, okay, Unevoma and Udala in the dormitory, because it was like small dormitories. And it was, it was heartbreaking because I had started my period um, the year before I started in grade four. So I had to pick up that. I think the school has started a period, but I got water, but there was a foul smell. And we all know what period smells like. It's not a pleasant smell. Um, it's deoxygenated blood. But obviously, you know, when you're in grade five, people don't know that. So people are just thinking, oh, my word, why do you smell so terrible? And I just remember she, she, she didn't want to shower. And this was like the two nights. So there's three days, two nights. Mm, like camp must, like we're all sharing the camp, shower she, space. She, she, she didn't even want to um, take showers. And this all was getting so bad because she wore layered clothing. Like she was yeah. just so uncomfortable. No one wanted to sit near her. And I think it was at the end. I was like, um, so I asked her, I was like, um, you know her name? Do you need a pen? Because Dandy has most Dandy a little previous year my period. So I mm. knew that. I think she, she needed a pad and she was like, um, she does. And Dominique, and you know, that was the end. But I mean, that was the end of the camp. And I can just only imagine how the rest of the camp stay was. Because now we're climbing, we're doing exercises. You're climbing the jungle gyms. There's a lot to do. People are putting yes, it up. like you're busy. Work. And she was so uncomfortable. And I, I, I couldn't just this day because I'm thinking, guys, I can't believe we were laughing at something so serious because another part of you know the rule is to keep people don't have a choice in her case you know she kept quiet she, she could have access to getting you know a sanitary pad or whatever that she needed but i guess she was still embarrassed but how much more now mm. when you don't there's a sense of leave? shame yeah there was so much shame around it and it's like i'm a woman this is what my body does why is there so much shame and mm. just to just go in a little bit more about like the sanitary situation with specifically like pads and stuff um how do how do you guys like collect is it like okay. a drive because also i know like there's like such a personally for me like i have a really big problem with um the monetization of um sanitary towels you know like why if, if condoms are for free why are we paying for something that mm -hmm. we can help and like at such a high price i think that's mm -hmm. another thing you know because like in the rural areas like what what is currency in malikoyo is for like malikoyo is not gonna go towards events exactly you know so um i have like one of the biggest issues with that, you know, um, and with you guys, like how, with your experience with Amakaradas, let me put it like that, how have you guys tried to curve that? Yeah, that so, 
So I think because the everyone, I guess, um, in the organization and people who are also closely affiliated, guys, we all had the same concerns in terms of um, the monetization and the commercialization of you know, sanitary pads. So we just rather did a donation um, sort of drive. So we'd have different spots, um, drop-off spots, where people can drop off um, pads. And like I said, um, my mother used to work for Always Alpha, so we would also get um, very generous donations from Always Alpha. Um, so no one ever had to give money towards the organization for the pads. Um, there was no exchange of money. It was always um, drop off what you can. I, um, and we always usually encouraged um, ads as opposed to tampons, um, just because we know the type of profile of, of young girls that we're dealing with, you know, people. Because, you know, even tampons are a very, um, it, it's a privileged sanitary towel. Because I remember when I was at school, water polo girls were already using like tampons in like grade four, grade five. Yes. And then I was yeah, and they come just like yeah, guys, just use um tampons. So like you know, so you can swim. So you can swim. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, but like, even in dress tampons, it, 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 it also has a link to privilege because of obviously affordability, how expensive they are, but also in terms of the association, they were used for water sports. Water sports, who played them? Obviously, it was mostly white people. White girls, yeah. White girls. Well, I went so, to a girls' school, so white girls. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know it's white girls or it's like girls, um, athletic girls, you know, or cycling girls, you know. So it was very. We we are just we have decided that you know guys, I think let's just focus on it. Type very temporary. And also just the connotation of a tampon, right? Yeah, it's tampons, right? But my mom is like, always like, I don't know how you use that thing, and I'm like, what you mean that thing? Like, what does it do? What like what's what's the connotation behind the tampon? Yeah, there is there is that. So it's get it. <laughs> so it's get it. Yeah. And also, we understand like, yeah, when you're a young girl and you're using a tampon, they're like, what's your name? Because obviously they associate. A tampon to a girl who's sexually active. So yes, like penetration, can, exactly. Like penetration. Space. Yes. Yeah. There's also a lot of shame actually around the tampon. Like you would hide it. You don't want people to think you're sexually active or you're promiscuous. Mm. So you know, because of all those, you know, societal, um, I guess, fallacies or um, people. People that make up, you know, all these theories on girls who use tampons. We just stuck to um, pads, and so we had different um, uh, drop-off locations. And then we find a school that is in need. Um, there's a, a catalog of numbers and schools that Amakawa works with, and then um, we then allocate um, a proportion of pads to each school depending on the need. But I think. A lot of corporates are also jumping onto um, air drives, so you'll find that Makoyagazi won't maybe necessarily be the only NPO that's you know delivering pads. It will be a collective of you know NPOs and some corporates because people are honestly seeing the need for 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 girl children to 
to have their dignity and to also not have school days missed because of something that they can't control and obviously because parents come at a cost and not everyone unfortunately especially in the rural um, parts of the eastern cape like we were saying now what is currency what is proximity currency and if i have my last hundred grand as a breadwinner at home unfortunately i'm not going to be thinking about my daughter who needs 30 rand pads and then you also touched on something earlier on um that i i mean the first time i heard of it i couldn't believe it like i was just like how is this even possible um the the violence young young mm. girls experience in the households like mm. behind like um the greater community itself mm. but um mm. the a dad might be might be abusing the the daughter like straight up raping mm. the kid yeah. Mahume, the brother yeah. you know yeah. and then there's like a, a child sometimes that comes from mm. the situation Mm. and the family ends up shunning the daughter you know um instead of facing the issue um so for from what you have experienced like how how rife is this form of ancestral rape mm. in like smaller towns and rural mm. areas look you know nico we we hear of these these social ills happening we hear of abandoned getting raped at home and if we hear it in the church let me even start there i, I i'm not going to you know outright put out my um issues with religion but i do have some issues but um this in terms of how um religious people sort of silence um either the woman or the children protect the image of the man because you know the man is into or putting horns or putting power and you know if you discredit him you discredit the church and you know you cause a rift so i i have just even from the church because um i also go to quite a i'd say a, a very conservative church and you find that where these most of these things man they 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 happen where it's like there's just something there and coming you know he has left the church because he in silence and you know just so primitively so it's i think because of the patriarchal um nature of eastern cape because it's also quite rural in the sense that eastern cape is not as metropolitan as culturally open as other provinces in, in in our country just because of its proximity proximity sorry to Amakaya and you know it, it's it's not as developed so the patriarchal you know system of umama that you know you'll find that the, the, some of the women in the households and not all of them but in the cases that I know of you would find that the women knew but she's also trying to keep her man so she's trying to keep her husband she's trying to keep her family and you you know i don't i never want to judge because i i, I can't understand the thought process of a woman allowing her child to be raped by an uncle or by a 
a father, can be a woman where by her first husband, you know, she got ruled by her second husband, and Patra, you know what, I love you so much, and as a woman, you're thinking, I'm so grateful, because anyways, I'm financially depending on this man, so now the elephant in the room is that, actually, yes, this man has accepted your children, and whoever else is kids that you brought into the house, but at night, when you're sleeping, he actually leaves the bed and goes and does that, and because you are so forever invested and forever grateful that he even allowed you to have a place of shelter, roof over your head, you kind of, you know, turn, turn the blind eye to it. And so I guess it's patriarchy. It's also a woman not being financially like stable. Because of patriarchy, the man says stay at home. So there's, you know, money dynamics are something that I think still needs to be spoken more of because that is where the abuse does come from, from the breadwinner. Obviously, and men honestly get away with, you know, providing and because, you know, he's doing everything. So you kind of, you kind of say he's a man when he's doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. So yeah, it, 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 it's a mouthful. It, it's a it's a it's a lot, and it, it's a, so even it can't end here. It still even needs to go to the churches, you know. Mm, and and it's so interesting, like the 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 money dynamic, because mm. I mean, so this happens. It's a um, Eastern Cape Agade or in smaller mm. town rural areas mm. across the board, right? Mm. Like, let's if we're just making a generalized, mm. blanketed statement, yeah. Um, and then people come to the city, right? Because I mean, this is where I come across these stories, right? Like, I come across them in the city where the 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 same things that are that the family has been doing for years to young kids in the family right mm. um are still continuing in like a, a quote-unquote better space you know like mm. the, someone the one the the first time i heard the story this kid was like not even in grade one you know not even in grade mm. one um and she told her mom like right and then the mom's response was like i i don't know what you're talking about like goodbye right yeah (laughs) and then she took it to the next level where the family was there like the whole family was there aunts uncles in between and then she was like referring to the five-year-old Lona, Ukumpita Nam, Nomien Wam. Honestly, honestly, um towards that situation and then it made me think like mm. how many more are happening mm. you know a lot of even like those parents who are like 
what the hell i can't deal but they um like you say maybe like power dynamics financial dynamics um they can't mm-hmm. necessarily verbalize their their disagreement so babaleki you swear to like cape town mm. johannesburg or something you know it's actually quite triggering thank you for bringing that up after you have out, out a prominent figure in the family the breadwinner you know those things and i think it really comes from and it stems from the fact that you know in, in let me say in eastern cape because this is where i mostly experience this whenever i come home i i think it started happening when i was 21 um engaged you know i think you'll find like a 20 year old is engaged and it, 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 it becomes like an achievement to to have in daughter and to mm. uh, be married and it's especially like even then when it comes to the money dynamics and the power dynamics um then the man especially if he's will say stay at home x y and z so as a, as a woman you, you is your 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 what, cash cow so you're thinking you know what i'm nothing without this man because and so is based on this man because this man basically he cover he clothes you so when 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 i i think of women who say stuff like i just think you are so you're not even mentally challenged i don't think you have a brain like it's like i don't even know how you reason how, how mm. can you you subject your child to to that and then i learned about like is why you know it happened at church where there was a girl who asked um this person we never saw this person come back but my like so was it was it bloom as if it was her fault Mm, because that's speaking out. was like she spoke out she's definitely under she was under the age of 15 this man is mm-hmm. old one part you know however because she also did come from a broken home so it's you know of grooming and you know men making you feel like you know you're a woman now when you're with them and so you know when it came out what type of guys actually this is what this man has been doing she literally like they banished her to bloom and i've never seen her since and this happened like when i was in primary school and i just think you know what what where, where did or what happened because you are not the adult in the situation he was the adult mm. in the situation he reports the situation to adults as a child expect people to protect you in a church space if they are not protecting you who else is going to protect you so I think I'll leave this conversation here with Usigi. We spoke so much and I think all of it is important. So I'll be releasing a part two the second week. Yes, the second week um, from this drop. We spoke so much, man. And I think it's so important that we we have these conversations about young girls. And next week, we are going to be diving into the academic system and how it's not set up for young black girls, um, how it's not set up for any black person, really. And because she was part of the SRC when Uinene was kidnapped and brutally murdered, 
we also dive into that a little bit and how the university chose to deal with the situation and some of the choices that they made during the time and i'd like to thank you so much for listening i know this episode has some technical issues um it was done by skype you know internet we do live in south africa (laughs) nothing is guaranteed so thank you so much for braving through the episode and and listening and you know i just felt like this conversation was so important that i have to post it either way thank you so much for listening this is ugly girls club on outside radio until next time